1: now believe in the infinite possibility of every present moment be the love that we are at our core essence be present in the fully empowered now of each moment everyone just wants to be seen and heard and felt and loved the more you can do that for yourself the more you can do that for others the journey to get to know yourself wholly and love yourself unconditionally so that you can live in the ultimate freedom of your authenticity is the most important journey we can take in this lifetime. Valeria Tellis interviews Polo Rio Tate, the author of How to Soothe Stress and Anxiety, hashtag Wisdom Wednesday Whimsies, and Deep Dark Blue, a memoir of survival. From a myriad of life experiences, Polo Rio Tate intimately understands the transformational value in mindfully getting to know ourselves wholly and love ourselves unconditionally in order to live fully in the freedom of our own authenticity. An author by soul, actor by trade, artist at heart, and uplifter to the core of her being, this joyful warrior redefines what it means to be a renaissance woman. Her supreme love for people and the clarity with which she sees and celebrates the superpowers of those around her Allows her to help elevate the energy of any relationship or situation brought forth by a client. Whether she's in front of a camera, a crowd, or the company of one, Polo revels in the kinetic web of creativity that is born from every interaction, every co-creation. She lives each moment to the fullest, lets no one take her joy, and avidly operates from the belief that we can do anything upon which we set our minds, hearts, and spirits. Polo welcomes you and invites you to embrace your own infinite possibility, embody the loving being that you are, and feel the power and the pleasure of being fully present in your own life. She invites you to believe, be love, be now. Meet Polo at polotate.com. Here is the interview with Polo Rio Tate.
0: onwards. Who is Paulo Rio Tate? <laughs> so much for
2: starting off with easy questions. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Wowza. What a beautiful question. You know what comes to mind? I think before, yeah. any, before I really begin to answer that, I think it's important to sort of honor the profundity of that question and honor the fact that It is something that we should continually and repeatedly ask ourselves throughout our life. So the fact that you're asking me this now, (laughs) I think that's... Tremendous power in identifying with us with certain characteristics that we give ourselves, that we see in ourselves, that we discover about ourselves. I, I think it's it's important to choose our labels and descriptions mindfully and heartfully and wisely. So that said, so, so true. So true. <laughs> that said, if we all agree that you know, there's a place at which we're all one in this uh, universe. And I know, um, given your content that you subscribe to that theory, there's a, we're all a part of the unified field or infinite intelligence, the universe, non-physical, however you want to label that, we're all infinite possibility in every moment, right? Mm -hmm. So what would define me right now at the same time, all of our consciousness my particular consciousness has focused into this physical being with a certain constellation of attributes, as we all have. For instance, my bio says I'm an mm-hmm. author by soul, I'm an actor by trade and an mm-hmm. artist at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am all of that in this physical experience, just as your uh, you embody your particular constellation of attributes. I would also say maybe I'm a lover of people, I'm a lover of puzzles and I Mm -hmm. think people are the greatest puzzles in the world. So I'm forever (laughs) fascinated about how we choose to navigate Mm -hmm. our human world and and how to get the very most out of this incredibly dynamic life experience. Um, I think that is a very long answer to your very simple yet uh, complex question.
0: (laughs) It's a beautiful answer. Thank you, Paula. Beautiful, beautiful answer. We are infinite possibilities, right?
2: Ooh, we are, and we forget it so often in the trenches of our human experience. But we are infinite possibility in any given moment. We're not, you know, our, how we identify ourselves is not an indictment. It can change. And all of those I am statements that we tend to make, um, even something as simple as I am an alcoholic, I am uh, whatever that may be, I think it's it's important to be mindful of that label that we attach to our identity because it it gets us farther away from the fact that we really do create our reality in every given moment and we can be the expression of who we are in any given way given moment. It's not an indictment. We're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. Like Buddha said, we're born anew every morning. So I appreciate that question on a cellular level because it it's something we should ask ourselves. Who are we? Who do we want to be? How do we feel? Why did we come here? What's our purpose? What's our superpower? those beautiful things.
0: And speaking of purpose, I have a different question here for you as the next one, but let me ask you this one. What do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? Have we chosen to be here?
2: Mm, absolutely. I think as evidenced by the fact that we are here mm-hmm. and no matter what uh, you are, believe or what you've explored in terms of belief, in terms of realities and the time and space continuum being a human construct or not, whether we're in just this reality or whether we're in multiple realities at any given time, I think there's tremendous importance to the fact that we are here. I think it's evidenced by the fact that we are here and having this human experience, even though we're both physical and non-physical beings. And I think it's important to know in that, because I think sort of kerneled and couched within that uh, thought is the fact that worthiness is not something we earn. It's Mm -hmm. something that we are simply by being here Mm -hmm. and in this experience. Wow. I absolutely believe we chose this human experience. I think we're here for expansion. And I think we're here to really take a ride on that dynamic roller coaster of life and to grow and to learn and to experience and to experience ecstasy as well as devastation and the Mm -hmm. whole range of human emotions. I mean... There's so much life comes for us, whether we want it to or so not. True. So
0: <laughs> we might as like yeah. jump on the ride. Yeah, that's unconditional love, isn't it, Paula? Absolutely. That you speak of, yeah. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps with that. That's what a what good reminder. Is. Yeah, that's what you speak of in your, your biography. And I think I read this on your website. You speak about love yourself unconditionally. I'll get to that in a moment. But before that, I loved your wisdom, the way... You taught, you speak, the words you speak, they resonate true to me. I wonder how you came to these understandings. Was that a moment in time or this was a process? It took years and experiences.
2: I think even when we have those epiphanic moments in time, I think there's still a process involved because I do think that there is something magical in the translation of experiencing something, whether triumphant or tragic, and then articulating it in some way and allowing it to matriculate into our cells of this human experience, our physical bodies, um, and then truly being able to translate it in such a way where we can take all the wisdom from an experience and let go of the rest, let go of the pain and the trauma and any of those things that so often we pick up and carry as baggage along this life experience. So I would say it was an absolute series of events. As many thought leaders and Mm -hmm. uh, doctors have spoken about, it's usually something that comes um, from age zero to seven in your childhood that sort of kicks off those imprinting and imprinted moments of, of trauma that may be triggered later. I've had some absolute devastating tragedy in my life experience as we all have and I think navigating those and and hitting rock bottom in ways that I've done to try to deal with the trauma and the drama that can happen in this human experience has put me on the journey to really understand the visceral importance of getting to know yourself wholly and to love yourself unconditionally so that you can live freely in your own authenticity so as you just touched upon wow. I will get into more of that but it it has been a journey and a journey and a series of moments in time <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it sounds to me like the work of healing so that's something mm-hmm. to that engaged in and when it comes to healing is there a destination for that somehow? Because you sound, I have read about you, of course, and I have an idea of what you have experienced. But if I didn't know, I would never imagined, not even, because you sound healed, whole, beautiful. Mm. So I'm wondering if there's a yeah, destination for healing and that we will be able to say that um, I am healed. Well, not even say, we show it <laughs> like you are. What a beautiful
2: concept to play with, the destination of healing. I think what resonates truly through every fiber of my being, I have goosebumps right now, is to recognize just as life is not about the destination, it's about the journey, mm. so is healing. Mm. If we're ever evolving souls and and we're ever expanding souls in this human experience, we are mind, body, and soul inextricably linked. There is no one way to deny uh, our physicality or our non-physicality in this experience as much as we try and as much <laughs> as we want to um, run away from pain and run yeah. away from suffering and, and things yeah. that are painful. We are inextricably, linked. So if you take that notion and you look at the fact that all we have is the present moment and so often we're tormented by things in our past or we're worried about the future when in actuality all of our power exists right now in the present moment. If you want to um, for semantics sake say Healing is a destination if the destination is fully present, but I would I would probably encourage or invite us to look at healing not as a destination, but as a continual expression, and truly the ability to uh, sort through all of the negative emotions as well as the feelings and sensations in our body to be able to know how to feel your way through something to a better feeling thought and a better feeling place. And I use the term feeling both physically and mentally and emotionally. So I think the, the destination quote unquote, if you want to say is learning all those tools to be able to do it because it will never stop. will never stop being challenged, mm-hmm. but yeah, our, so right. Our facility, yeah. our, our adeptness at healing is absolutely, it lies in the tuning of our instrument and the ability to play all of those notes of human emotion mm-hmm. with, uh, with space and grace and talent and agility to be able to handle any negative emotion that we feel, any information that we take in that might not, that might be subpar or Mm -hmm. devastated.
0: And be able to turn them into the beautiful music of life. I hear the word balance. We talk about balance a lot here too. Harmony and balance. But it seems like it's the same thing, isn't it? Balance, harmony, healing. They might be the same. We might be speaking of the same thing.
2: Ooh, you bring out such good questions about semantics and the words yeah. that we use and connotations. And, um, you know, the word balance is so charged yeah. in yeah. the, in our society because, yeah. you know, work-life balance, balance, right. balance, moderation, all of right. those things right. have been sort of stretched and charged <laughs> yes. and there's a specific connotation. And, huh. you know, as a kid, I remember me being like, I don't what is balance? If I'm excited about something, I am all in body, mind, and soul, like, let's (laughs) go, you know, and is that wrong? Should you hold back in some, you know, definition of moderation? I don't think so. But I think you're absolutely spot on when you say, when you equate it to harmony, because within harmony, you have got different dynamic notes that range the full Um. scale, high and low and beautiful and off key and all of those things can come together in the symphony of life in a really beautiful harmony filled way so if we look at balance like harmony then yes do what feels good if it doesn't feel good then adjust and tune your instrument so that it does all of those all of those things that you learn um in playing the music and the score of life
0: Wow, I love that word too, harmony. I remember talking to somebody, I think last week, and she said that. Yeah, I don't like the word balance, <laughs> and uh, I really don't. And
2: I just don't know if I ever understood it. It's not a mm, bad word, but I think there's so many connotations that we have yeah. for it.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true. It's yeah, it's confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it resonates to me a lot the word harmony because has to do mm-hmm. with a sense of um, a coming together. It, it seems like parts. Different parts, completely different, coming together, not in harmony. I wanted to use a different word. Coming together to express something that is whole, although parts are whole too. Because I don't—I see everything is whole. I don't see anything separate. Like nature. That kind of reminds me of nature, that word, the way you speak very much, nature. Absolutely. So another question, or open question for you, Paulo, is Freedom. What is your idea of freedom?
2: Oh, I love that you asked this. I actually have been exploring the idea of freedom and the fact that freedom is a feeling. Freedom is a feeling first and foremost. When you look at at the life story of somebody like Nelson Mandela, when he was in a 26 by or six foot by six foot cell, whatever his imprisonment, physical imprisonment was, he was able to transcend that and come to a place of feeling free. And if you take that and extrapolate that, we all have. Those cages that we either build around ourselves or that we think we inherit from our parents, or generally, generationally, societally, we all have those moments where we find ourselves either in a cage or a straitjacket, that feeling of imprisonment. And I think there is something huge to ask about how often do we allow ourselves to feel the empowerment of taking personal responsibility for the fact that we create our experience. We create our reality. We create the world in which we live and exist. And I think there's something very fundamental. My own personal feeling is in the journey to get to know yourself wholly and to really turn on that flashlight and look at all the dark and gnarly corners of your mind and your memory and your experience to really get to know yourself. You can then learn how to really love yourself unconditionally. And those two things put together, they transcend and allow you to sort of travel through the portal of your heart space into this place at which we are all one and into your ultimate authenticity, which is your greatest superpower. And it's also total freedom. There is who we really are at our essence and our core, right? And there's usually a a person that we present to the world, our persona. And so often there's a gap in between that of all the things that we don't want to say and that we're ashamed of, maybe an experience that we don't want to tell other people or even own. And I do believe truly, if you turn on the flashlight and you look at that chasm, that space between who we are and who we present to the world, it is that journey of exploration where you can actually sew up those two sides and not only mind the gap, but mend the gap in between. And when you've synced yourselves in that way, where the person that you are is the person that you present to the world, all ownership for everything that you've been through, from whence you've come, all of who you are, that is the ultimate freedom.
0: And I wonder if coming from this space that you speak of, of unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, do you still experience negative thoughts or judgmental thoughts towards yourself or the experiences you had? Or this is completely gone? It never arises again. (laughs) (laughs) No, never. Nothing
2: ever bothers me. Of Um,
1: course. course.
2: (laughs) Now, I will tell you the... The emotional refractory period, you know, when something like really yeah. bothers you or you, you, you have something that just, uh, triggers you in such a way yeah. or makes you feel bad or anything in, in the negative emotional realm. The emotional refractory period for me has shortened tremendously over, right. you know, the last, few, the last years of my journey because I understand that there is no Condemnable emotion. Mm. All emotions are just notes on a scale, and it's really okay. And when you can take a step back and look at it from a broader perspective to understand exactly what we were talking about before, Mm. which is emotions are just notes on a scale and the symphony of life is played using those notes and some are going to be high and some are going to be low and some right. are going to be off key, and some are gonna, right. then you really give yourself a break in terms of knowing that the emotions are just us filtering through information between our human self and our non-physical self. So it's just that, the whispering wind of non-physical, of source energy, Mm. whispering through the instrument that is our physical bodies, and then us getting a chance to not only express them, but to then move up the scale, if you want to call it. And, and uh, there are tremendous thought leaders out there that talk about the emotional scale. Abraham mm-hmm. Hicks and Joe Dispenza talks about them. Um, um, Louise Hay had beautiful work and content on the, the relationship between your body and uh, and your soul or spirit, for lack of a better term. There are so There's so much beautiful work out there. And ultimately... If you take a look at negative emotion and things that happen that really affect you in a negative way, then all of it is a chance to be like, how do I feel about that? I don't feel so good. Okay, now what can I do to get to a better feeling place? What can I do to get to better feeling thoughts around this? And you work on that and you practice it like a muscle and your emotional refractory period, the amount of time that you're bothered by it shrinks tremendously. And it also, your your base level of vibration, of course, rises with that practice so that things don't bother you as much as they would have before. So you talk about wow. healing being a destination. The destination uh-huh. is continual because life continues to happen and yeah. And the faster it moves, you know, the more we run into more and more things that could potentially put us on the path to ecstasy or to
0: frustration. Right. So it's an endless and beautiful journey. <laughs> I love the way you say that because it's not even a belief system anymore. It's a realization that we're just life itself. That's this is just um, almost like the unknown happening or life. And, and we cannot control what happens, although, like you say, we can choose. And even the word, the idea of choice now, it's, it's translating into being open enough to see the possibilities and to see what's available so we can kind of pick the options, just the options we have available. And not really choice. Choice to me kind of now is, um, is being translated as controlling, almost trying to although we because I don't believe we have control in life, or we cannot stop life from being life. When you speak of emotions, that's what comes to me that this is just the gift, this is the miracle, this is the impossible now, whatever is happening now. And question that I have for you about thought, uh, negative thoughts or negative emotions is some people suggest that we stay with them instead of trying to look for different let's say, look on a scale and choose a different uh, option to go to, staying within that frame, within those emotions, negative ones, if this if is the case, and then trying to understand what is there to understand, what do they want, asking questions. Do you? What do you think about this practice, Paulo?
2: Oh, That's such an interesting question. I so deeply appreciate it because I think, for my own personal experience, I found out on a very real level multiple times in my life that monsters only grow in the darkness of denial. So if we've gone through Mm. something that's been traumatic and we don't want to think about it and we haven't processed it and we want to have nothing to do with it, admit it to ourselves or others in that resistant denial of not wanting to feel or reveal or heal something, there is a poignant power that makes that monster of those feelings that we're afraid to feel and that experience that we have in the darkness of our past grow exponentially. And the only way the only way to dissipate that and and really to dissipate any negative emotion is to acknowledge it and to let itself be expressed. I think it's akin to, uh, you know, your, your GPS navigation in terms of if you don't put in your current location. So your current emotional location of where you are, meaning put your hand over your heart and ask yourself, how do I feel? How do I feel? And then answer yourself, I feel frustrated. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, whatever that yeah. may be. If you don't establish your current location, then the destination of where you want to go, which is usually a better feeling thought, it's usually a better feeling space, it's usually a better feeling emotion then you can't set that destination and expect the universe to light up routes to get there because you haven't acknowledged where you are so mm. I, it's my own personal mm. feeling just from experience that, that you absolutely have to acknowledge how you feel and you absolutely acknowledge have to acknowledge those negative emotions because they're coming through your body and they're coming into your consciousness because they want to be heard it is just communication and it's simply communication and the biggest thing that we're afraid of is to feel those feelings because it's painful and it's yeah. uncomfortable and you may cry and you may cry off all your eye makeup, uh-huh. whatever that may
0: <laughs> be. Yeah. Whatever we're
2: afraid <laughs> of feeling, uh-huh. you, there is no life hack around human emotion. You have to feel your way through to get better. Now, the, it's, I, I do think it's a personal distinction whether you want to stay and you want to excavate and you want to explore and delve in to the point of wallowing in that negative emotion. (laughs) You know, how long you stay there is up to you. And at the same point, you have to recognize what you're feeling. And if you want to go into the why, because you think that it will help you transcend to a better feeling place and make different decisions, then that is absolutely a personal decision. Me being the curious person that I was, I wanted to explore that because I felt that I needed it for my own education in terms of translation to really be able to see how do you take something as tragic as death or something as violent as assault and how do you transmute it into. Gleaning all of the wisdom from those experiences and letting the rest of the pain go. Mm. And it's a personal journey. How long you stay in that negative emotion, but for absolute sure, you absolutely need to acknowledge it.
0: I love that message. And it's one that always makes a lot of sense to me. And I never thought it this way, the way you express it today, that how long do you want to stay there? Yeah, because sometimes we just automatically do stay there. In my case, it has been um, recently I went through something negative that just stayed. It stayed for too long. I mean, from my perspective, it was too long. I just didn't know what to do. In a sense, I just let it be, tried to just stay with that. But it stayed for a bit too long. That's interesting that you say that. So that might be a unconscious choice if there is such a thing and also yeah nope I'm so sorry no yes yeah
2: yeah just the very fact that you were able to to discern that it felt like it stayed too long yeah it allows you to first of all what is bothering me about this situation first of all how do I feel what is at the root of that and keep asking yourself to really get to the root emotion of it Mm. because we're only uh, you know things can only sort of pluck that piano wire of uh, trigger and pain and anger or frustration or abandonment, mm. if we have those uh, chords resonating at some level within us. So, you know, the question, yeah. first of all, how do I feel? Second of all, why is this bothering me so badly? And maybe, you know, if you feel like you're staying in that space too long, because you absolutely can get mired in the familiarity of a negative emotion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the moment that you realize it, like you so beautifully did, this is hanging around a while. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's why? You know? <laughs> then you can take that exploration uh-huh. be like, okay, clearly this is not about the thing that just happened. Uh-huh. This is about something that, you know, is a little bit deeper, a little bit yeah. um, longer ago, probably. What is it about that? And taking that journey so that you can sew up and mend that open wound from long ago and be able to truly heal from the inside out.
0: You wrote two books, the e-book How to Soothe Stress and Anxiety, Wisdom Windses, which is so cute, I said to you off-record that word, and also Deep Dark Blue, A Memoir of Survival. So talk to me for a moment about the inspiration and the intention of writing these two books. They are very different. You know. They are
2: very different, and
0: it's appropriate. I, you
2: know, until you read the t- the two <laughs> titles back to me, <laughs> I didn't realize how apropos it was that Deep Dark Blue was really talking about the depths of pain and devastation and grief, mm-hmm. and learning how to. Float and bubble up to a more ebullient and buoyant place that is reflected in the word whimsy which is so beautifully (laughs) pronounced by you so I think it's funny Deep Dark Blue uh, is an autobiographical story about my um, experience at the United States Air Force Academy as a cadet and it's more than that that's just the setting but it's truly about how to transcend those fundamental losses that we do sustain from ages zero to seven. Uh, I, my sister was killed when we were kids and that provided so much of an open wound and sort of, um, an unhealed obliteration of my soul, really, (laughs) but an unhealed wound, um, in my life that was triggered, uh, repeatedly by sexual assaults that I sustained at the Air Force Academy, and and violence and brutality and bullying and all of those things. Right. So it's that journey to get from truly rock bottom to a more buoyant and a buoyant and functional place. And then the the ebook that just came out is a compilation of articles and essays that I've compiled to just do exactly that on a daily, on a daily schedule of taking life as it comes. And there are exercises in the back of each chapter, um, to truly give you the processes and the tips and tools to fundamentally shift how you feel into a better feeling place and get to know yourself wholly and get to love yourself unconditionally so you can live in the freedom of that authenticity.
0: Yeah, there are so many messages, powerful ones that we have been talking about, actually. Emotions, I love that, what you said earlier, which is a, a passage in your book or a sentence, you say, monsters grow in the darkness of our denial. So true. And this is something that I, I never really understood why we do it. It's that the avoidance of pain. It's always the case, Paulo. Denial, or it's something else. It's, uh, I mean, it seems like fear to me. What would you say is the cause of denial?
2: Oh, absolutely fear. And I yeah. think, you know, we're hardwired. Our our uh, our paleocortex is hardwired for survival, right? I mean, we have our neurology that is absolutely hardwired to keep us safe. And so we will steer clear of those things about which we are afraid or that may bring us pain. Um, of course, we want, we have an aversion to that and we want to run the other way. And at the same token, there is no life hack around human emotion you yes. have to you have to move through it to feel better and it doesn't matter how long that takes or how short that takes but the acknowledgement of it is the most important thing and we become a a culture and 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 rightly so in terms of wanting to having aversion having an aversion to pain and really being afraid to feel it's sort of morphed into this uh fear of feeling and yeah When in actuality, we're sentient beings, right? Mm. We're human beings with all of the sentience in the world. We've come here to feel. That is the fundamental difference between physical and non-physical. We have feelings that move through our bodies. Uh, you know, Joe Dispenza talks about the language, if thoughts are the language of the mind, then emotions are the language of the body, yeah. feelings are the language of the body. Yeah. It is communication. And so when we deny that communication, when we, uh, hang up, For lack of a better analogy, on that communication, it will call back and it will call back louder and louder and louder until the universe offers a brick to the head for (laughs) (laughs) something that you've been denying or ignoring. So we forget that often. It is painful to turn into that communication and answer that call of emotion, whether painful or whether joyful. We forget that answering that call and just allowing it to speak, just acknowledging it, just saying out loud, I am sad. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like I am devastated Mm. and that's okay. I'm frustrated. I feel abandoned and that's okay. Like we forget in allowing those emotions to speak, it is the only way that they start to dissipate. So the fear of that, the fear of the process of really uh, acknowledging where we are emotionally at any given time has manifested itself into physical injuries, into dis-ease, into, you know, so many things that our physical bodies are trying to alert us to because they are speaking the language of emotion. Whereas our mind is like, I don't want to face that. That doesn't feel good. Yeah, <laughs> And, and yeah. counteracting that with denial. So if you open up the lines of communication between your body and your mind, knowing that you are comforted, safe and secure with your spirit looking out for both in that space, then you can make that silence when you go to really explore how you feel, you can make that silence a safe space.
0: Mm, wow. I love, love your message. And I see in your ebook how you talk about emotions over and over and over. That message is so, so important, Paulo. This is the human, let's say, area that we suffer the most, emotions. It always comes from emotions, suffering. It surprises me that we have chosen to deny that rather than listening to it and trying to understand. And from my perspective, it seems like because we are in the culture, even in my family, I see that with my husband, that when Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling so good and I tell him, Mm -hmm. he doesn't like that. Oh, why are you not feeling good? Like I'm supposed to feel good or we are supposed to feel good all the time. And I think that's the the main issue here that humans have been attracted to pleasure only and with that illusion that life is only or supposed to be only pleasure and not pain. When we know it's both, it cannot be just one. I know your message and the work you do offers this powerful way to practice. Even by listening to you, it's just kind of uh, uh, awareness, kind of sets in. Like, I've got to do that more often myself and let my emotions speak without the fear of being judged, because that's a big one, too. So do you suggest that we teach children to navigate through emotions, or is that something that only adults can really engage in in these practices? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think children are so much better <laughs> than we are. Right. Oh, my goodness there is so
2: much closer to (laughs) unfettered unfiltered Uh wonder Uh of this life experience absolutely we can learn everything from them because they do it naturally and I think you know I'm eager to have uh, a child of my own and to really be able to experience this firsthand Because I think there is so much value in looking at this little one and experiencing the full range of human emotions with them, through Uh them, Uh witnessing that, them navigate it, all while knowing it's okay. Like they are, we all, and believe me, when you talk about children, you're talking to our inner child as well, who has been conditioned out of these natural um, yes. Not yes. judgmental things that, yes. you know, we've, we grew up in a productive society. Are those emotions productive? No. Well then don't feel them. Let's get to, you know, just deny them so that we can get things done. I mean, I spent my entire childhood being so driven um, and my life being so driven that I was like, I've, I never asked myself, how did I feel? I asked myself, how should I feel? Yeah. What would be the best, most productive emotion to get, to accomplish the goal, to accomplish the task, to move through this situation? You know, all of those, Things. And especially when we have family like your husband around us, they just want to fix and they just want to help in yes, any way possible. Right. They don't want to skip pain either. Right. So When you ask that question about how do we, how do we teach children? I would say it's more of an allowing, cultivating an atmosphere. And we can teach our inner child too by allowing them the space and the grace to feel what they feel, knowing that they are bigger than any one emotion. Mm. We are not only the emotion, we're the space that holds all things, right? So we are bigger than this passing temporary emotion whatever that may be whatever uh end of that scale of notes it is so no matter what your instrument is playing it's okay it's okay and just in that space as you were talking about you the word was so perfect in that non-judgmental space in that beautifully allowing space Boy, does that give us then the space and grace to first of all exhale and be like, Yes, I feel this way right now, and it is crazy strong, (laughs) like, ah, I'm so frustrated. And also to feel that and to express that, and to know too at the same time that it is temporary and you're the space that is bigger than that one emotion. You'll get through it and it's okay. And in order to get through it, you have to express it. Now, a child with a temper tantrum or an inner child having a temper tantrum. <laughs> right. You might want to allow them to do that in their room while you get into alignment. And go back. <laughs> but the same thing applies, right? Um, They're so facile with their emotions. They're so facile with their expression because they feel it. They express it yeah. usually like instantaneously. And then they move yeah. through it. And you see their emotional refractory period as a millisecond because they're so facile with moving in and out of the different notes of emotion. So we can learn from them on that note in terms of giving ourselves the space and grace to know that it's okay to feel how we feel. All emotions are valid because they're just information. It's just communication. And in that space, oh my gosh, does that allow us to move through to a better feeling place Quicker because we don't have the resistance or the indictment mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. fear of judgment or wrongness or unworthiness or insecurity. All of those things are just, they are part of what denies those emotions. Whereas if we just were open to the fact that, yeah, we feel this way, it's my responsibility to sort of take care and move to a better feeling place. It doesn't mean I accept and want to condone your behavior. It means I just need to sort of move away for a second, feel my way through to a better feeling place, and then we'll come back and address the issue.
0: We also offer exercises at the end of every passage if I noted it right here. And um, the exercise of breathing, it's another amazing exercise. And you mm. mentioned that five by five box breathing. I think I heard about this practice before. And this word, somebody said that to me the other day, grounding. Talk to me for a moment about grounding. What does it mean to you and how do we apply that on a daily basis? <sighs>
2: Oh, I so appreciate this question. Nobody's ever asking this before. And yet I've asked myself <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> I about the word grounding so yeah. much because I think um, it took me a long time to find my way past the connotation once again. Yeah. Um, and I love your ability to weave in semantics to these because I think it's really, it's a beautiful way to articulate what you really do mean and, yeah. and parcel out what we really mean by... Yeah these buzzwords that we right, hear, right. grounding to me, I never quite understood it because I never felt fully huh. on the ground. I felt like that would be <laughs> tethered, you know, that would be more of a tethered experience to the freedom that I felt sort of floating off in the ether of, yeah. <laughs> of <that> and meditation and <laughs> experience. But what I've come to realize, I think with the grounding, it is a reflection and a representation of true integration. Mm. So, body mind spirit it is what we are and we've come full circle to this beautiful how our beautiful conversation began in terms of all of those things being inextricably linked body mind spirit they are inextricably linked in this human experience if we are both physical and non-physical if we are both source energy and human beings right so I think grounding for me has become this beautiful way of not denying our physicality but in embracing our physicality and our physiology knowing that they're working in perfect harmony on levels that we cannot even fathom scientists don't know fully how the human body does what it does right. naturally and innately so mm-hmm. i think just the embracing and once again the the allowing of the integration of communication between body mind and spirit to me integration is grounding. So often the breath is the somatic bridge, right? It bridges our inspirational divine self with our physical self and our human self. So when we talk about breath work and there's a myriad of breath works out there, there, there are exercises that are incredible and challenging or soothing or, and I've just put a few of them in um, the ebook, but you know, really establishing that somatic bridge between our body, mind, and spirit. Breath work is a really quick and easy way to get there. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the boxing.
0: <laughs> I love the way you explain that integration, grounding, meaning integration of body, mind, spirit, and then the, the breath being this way of connecting them. We can easily do that because it's accessible. It's here now. I love your wisdom, Paula, and the way you express it too. I know it's the wisdom of life flowing, that you're allowed to flow through you. It's very graceful. I love the way you speak in a very light way, which it, it goes back to that um, whimsy, whimsy yes. word, like fun, light. <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful, a present. <laughs> the exploration date passage, which you ask, the, the exercise, you ask some powerful questions that I usually ask pretty much all my guests at the end. So I'll ask you to, but in a different way. So, but before that, I have a few ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? I
2: would first and foremost, just like to honor the space that you cultivate and your ability to curate this co-creation of this conversation. If This is reciprocal. And when you... When you just voiced appreciation for the wisdom that's coming through, know that it's coming through the both of us. And this conversation is so reciprocal. And just please know that my heartfelt appreciation for what you are doing and who you are to be able to elicit all of these beautiful conversations, because you do. And it's so important and it's so appreciated.
0: Thank you for the encouragement, Paulo. The body complains sometimes. All <laughs> <Only> in the <laughs> body, <does>. nothing else. <laughs> it does. But you know what? It's just community so yes yes <laughs> ask it right ask it. why oh. are you so unhappy <laughs> yes I give it what it needs of course it knows <laughs> my ending questions to you how do you define success these days what is to be successful to you we started with some really <laughs> difficult questions. We're ending with some difficult questions.
2: <laughs> this is a beautiful question. I I just went through a process just in my own meditation and sort of life planning. I for me personally, I think success. It is my duty and my honor and pleasure to live as my authentic self Mm. and to answer the call of creativity in whatever form it comes. And if I can do that and if I can be fully present when I answer the call and I can be fully present and put all of who I am into everything that I do, that is true success. And not only is it success, but it is living in purpose in the freedom of my authenticity and living out my superpowers. So it is that's aspirational, but it's also moment to moment my goal and desire for this life experience.
0: And let me see, Paula, I have so many questions here, but I have to choose. Let me, I'll ask this one. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of this moment?
2: The hardest lesson to learn, yeah. my. I am going to take it back in terms of one of the most difficult lessons for me to learn coming in as an empathic being and coming in as uh, a relatively sensitive, (laughs) extremely sensitive soul, I think in this human experience, is the ability and knowledge to not only know, but to embody the notion that worthiness is not something that you earn. It's something that you are. Mm. And in that space, if you are willing and open and have the awareness and knowledge to know that if you truly take care of yourself and know how to navigate and move through trauma and emotions and experience, if you know how to truly take care of yourself in an integrated, holistic way, you can then allow that to ripple out to all the people that you love and all the people that you touch in this life experience and far, far beyond. We literally cannot give more than what we have. And so in order to really be able to nurture that and nourish it and edify your own, take care of your own, take responsibility for how you feel and the creation that you're creating, learn to love yourself unconditionally, get to know yourself wholly so that you can truly be the full embodiment of who you are in every given present moment in this spectacular nature of, because we are so much more than just our physical beingness nice. if we can integrate and sew up ourselves who we know ourselves to be and the persona that we share with the world that is exponential value to every single person place and thing that we encounter
0: yes loving yourself unconditionally that is uh, yeah when i ask the question i get the answer that is a challenge it's a uh, most people that i ask to they say that they are not there yet in, absolutely in, most yeah. people don't
2: get there in a lifetime right life, life, life. look at these beautiful souls and these beautiful constellation of attributes and you're just like oh my god i love you how could you not love you <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah you're I agree. <laughs> you're a beautiful soul in every way and it is it's a lifelong journey and in that just knowing presence being able to be in the present moment passion, finding what lights you up and doing it full stop. And then purpose. When you're in that space, you can absolutely live your purpose, which is you being you Mm. and all your weirdo idiosyncrasies, you know, all those things (laughs) that you think are weird or aberrant. That's part of the value of who you are, particularly in this human
0: experience. So lean into it, live your superpower as your superhero self. So two more questions for you, if you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving, losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way?
2: I think I would just continue to live balls to the wall, whatever that (laughs)
0: means, just no holds
2: barred, and releasing fully the resistance that we tend to carry in terms of limited beliefs and limited thought patterns and somehow thinking that our genetics are an indictment or uh, history and heredity is an indictment of some sort. Just embracing the full concept of infinite possibility in every single moment Mm -hmm. in the most profound way possible Mm. which by the way is what I'm trying to do every day anyway I think you know all are to a certain extent but having that awareness of your impending mortality and the fact that everything material is temporary um, it's a beautiful reminder
0: yeah. And I love that you asked that question because of course that's in the ebook as well. You sound very much like someone that is there living that purpose of being in the moment and not waiting to be happy or waiting for anything to happen. So my last question is what are three things about life you know for sure as of now.
2: All we have is this present moment. Yeah. Everything happens in the now. And I would also say that the the journey to get to know yourself wholly and love yourself unconditionally so you can live in the freedom of your authenticity is the greatest journey that all of us can take. And not only for ourselves, but for every single person around us. And also the fact that we are not only are we surrounded by love, but we are love Mm. and we are so loved. And I think mm-hmm. if if everybody on the planet could just understand how spectacular they are being themselves, their ultimate, authentic, superpowered, empowered selves. Oh, what a world this would mm-hmm. be. And <laughs> yeah. Just for everybody to know how truly and profoundly not only that they are loved, but that they are love.
0: I mean, I cannot say this enough. I love, 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 love your wisdom or the wisdom that flows through you that you're allowed to flow. It's truly, truly beautiful. Thank you, Paulo, again. Oh, right back at you. What a beautiful conversation from a beautiful soul. (laughs) And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Absolutely. All you have to
2: do is check out polotate.com. That's P-O-L-O-T-A-T-E
0: dot com. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Sounds perfect. Bye for now, Polo. <laughs> Thank you. Bye
1: for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Polo Rio Tate and her work, please visit PoloTate.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.